This is Chris David, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. How in the seagull hell did we win that game? What an away day, what a result, what a bloody football club to be honest with you. We were smothered for most of that game and then out of nowhere we turned into Ocean's Eleven or English Channel's Eleven and performed the perfect heist against the Amex and a fantastic Brighton side. Are we anti-football? Reams perfect for the 24th time. What is the end game this season? How good does it feel and what's in store for us at Wolves this Friday night and much more? With me are Danny Smith and Matt Wiggins all things bright and beautiful. I'm J-Mac and this is your Fulham Focus Premier League this year and next year podcast. Fulham. Right, I'll, I'll go to you first, Wigger, because we were there at the, at the game. Uh, how, where does that rank for you? on smash and grab away day heists for you <laughs> also I should mention that you did say that you'd get into the uh, you'd get in to see if we won that game how, how did that how did that venture go yeah I mean do you know what not necessarily just smash and grab away days that is one of my favourite away days ever it was unbelievable there was so many of us and to get a last minute winner the scenes it was it was just perfect wasn't it mm. like you know you don't play very well and then to just go in and get that. It's an unbelievable feeling and it actually can't be matched sometimes. Like I think we were all just hugging and jumping around for ages. We just couldn't believe what we'd seen. Um, so yeah, one of my favourite away days ever over all the years I've been going. And it's certainly up there this season. Um, I've done every away game in the league so far this season. And that one's up there for sure. Um, and yeah, I did go in the sea. It was it was freezing. It was so cold. But, <laughs> really? Um, it was worth it. I didn't go head first. It was it was choppy as well. So I thought, you know, let's try dip and be a in. little bit responsible. Yeah, dip the feet in, you know. Uh, I've done it. I can say that. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. And I, we, we, we play it up to laughs a little bit, but we're sort of quite staunch uh, uh, Vinicius Guardians. And uh, for him to get that little assist um, in the build-up to the goal, we were just dancing around even more screaming at each other just fantastic for him anyway daddy how are you feeling mate after that what does that rank for you as smashing grabs and just general feelings on the result mate hello mate yeah honour to be here in your company fantastic intro as always Um, listen I think it it was smashing grab Uh, we were second best for large parts of the game but sometimes you have to win that way you know what I what I admire about Silva and what impresses me about him is that he's very flexible with how he approaches games. Mm. Obviously, at the start of the season, the objective would have been to stay up, you know, uh, given that we've been a yo-yo club for so long. But we've absolutely smashed that and, and I think we have to aim for much, much higher now. You know, that goes without saying. But in terms of how this ranks for smash and grab, it reminded me a little bit of when we beat Middlesbrough a few years ago when Ollie Norwood scored a, a penalty in the last minute. Um, but I, I think we had this conversation, this discussion in, in the, the WhatsApp chat about last minute injury time winners away from home. There's not been that many in recent years. So listen, there's, there's more than one way to win a football match. I wouldn't want to play like that every single week. But 
the, the points are all that matters, especially when you're in our position. That you know that is price is three points, and you know I think the the only way is up from here. It's just so good to win a game ugly for a change. Um, Don was saying it on the group, and I just think it's you know, we, we've we've had some unfortunate results this season not many because we're doing quite well but you know the Man United one for instance the West Ham one but just to win ugly for a change uh, when we're not the best team is just so refreshing to see uh, would you say Wigo that was our toughest opponent we faced let alone on the road this season I mean we were on our knees begging for a draw how it all turned out in our favour getting a win was just miraculous um, I'd say it was one of them I mean I was saying to you at the game I was like he's lot are really really good and probably one of the best teams I've seen this season um, I'd probably say Arsenal are the best team I've seen this season. Like just the way they pass the ball about, the way their players are moving, they're sure. just like unbelievable to watch. A City are up there as well, of course, but Brighton, you know, Brighton are a really, really good side. Um, but I think that just shows how good our defending was as well. Um, yeah, we, you know, a draw. We'd have celebrated that like it was a win. So I think the reason everyone went so mad is because we really weren't expecting it at all. The game was only going one way, really. You know, let's be honest. It was it was always going to be going in Brighton's favour. They just uh, they just couldn't take their chances whatsoever. So at the end of the day, if you can't take your chances, you're not you're not going to end up getting anywhere. Especially in uh, you know that's a big game for both clubs. So yeah, really really good side, mm. and they're up they are where they are for a reason. Um, but so are we, and we took our chance, and lo and behold, we're the ones that have um, run away with the three points. Well, too right. I I enjoyed. Um, I'm enjoying quite a lot of bitter bitter pills from some of the Brighton fans, and even their manager Deserby. I mean, he said he's quoted it saying he he'd never want his team to win a game like that. Uh, Dada, you have you clocked onto all these anti-football? comments from uh, the Brighton fans it's quite ironic considering I think Brighton used to be one of the dirtiest teams in the championship at one point well I mean I'd love to know what the manager thinks now he's had a few uh, days to to sit on that defeat and and whether he still has that attitude I think in the in the heat at the moment uh when emotions are high I think you sometimes say things that maybe you don't mean Mm, yeah yeah so for me it just goes in one ear and out the other like I don't really care what he thinks. Um, I think there is a football snobbery, but when we was playing under Slav, uh, we had that attitude about Cardiff. So let's not let's not uh, forget that. You know, we when you are a team that that sprays the ball about and and dominates possession, you can get a bit above your station and think that you are superior to a team that. Plays that way, but I think it was a cheap shot because I don't think we play that way. You know that isn't our style. It's just one, you know, what one of the ways we can win. Um, but if you was to go back and look at the highlights of our season or, or watch every single game we've played, there's very few games where we've won that way. You know, most games we come off and we are the better team, and we certainly deserve to be where we are. Um, so yeah. <laughs> For me, what what he says doesn't is irrelevant, and and maybe maybe he's feeling his own pressure, you know, of of expectation and success. You know, their last three results, they've lost one nil to us, um, they drew one all with Crystal Palace, and they they only just beat Bournemouth one nil in their last home game, and I think that was an injury time winner. You know, that very nearly ended nil nil. So for yeah. all he can you know say and do and and all this fancy football they play. 
They've only scored a couple of goals in the last three games. It's not exactly like they're setting the world alight in that respect. So maybe they're just hitting a dip and, and it was a cheap shot for him to take. But that's why I like Marco Silva. I don't think Marco Silva... I think he loses it maybe on the touchline with passion. I'm sure he gives um, the fourth official a headache. But in his post-match interviews or his pre-match interviews, he never seems to get carried away. I think he's very level-headed um, and I'm very, very pleased that he's our manager. Mate, I loved, I mean, he was, he had a big grin on his face and he knew, he knew we weren't the better side for the majority of the game. He openly said, you know, that, that wasn't our best game, but the passion and the, the attitude to sort of get through that and still win is something, something to behold. I think what we should actually just focus on is, uh, you know, there is a reason why uh, Brighton fans are so bitter at the moment um, because we obviously weren't the better team in a lot of ways um, and I just want to get to maybe why that was we can talk about maybe Pereira wasn't having his best day Wigo but we could also say if we're going to judge like we used to do with the with the lineups and stuff talking about what we first had initial reactions Bobby Reed up front wasn't really working for us utility belt as he is it just um, there wasn't really a physical focal point threat there was there no and I was quite surprised when the lineup came out because you know we read on uh, I think who was it John sent us a whatsapp to say that he didn't see Mitrovic on the bus so your instant uh, instant thought there is well Vinicius must be starting so when Bobby Reid came up as up front I thought okay he played there for Bristol City and scored a lot of goals admittedly it wasn't the championship but it did show that he he can play there but yeah, we were really missing something, weren't we? It just didn't feel right. And especially when he's he was mainly up against Lewis Dunk, who's quite a physical centre-half. So, it, it, yeah, it just wasn't working. I mean, you know, admittedly for the second half, we didn't do too much anyway, other than really, you know, a couple of chances and obviously the goal. But, I, yeah, I love Bobby Reid. He's been fantastic this season. But... For our game, where Mitrovic is a brilliant hold-up player and he can hold the ball really well, Bobby Reid is just not the man you want to put there for that style of play. And that's okay, you know, we've tried it. You know, at the end of the day, we still won the game. It's not like we lost 5-0. Um, but for him up front for, how long was it, 60 minutes? It, uh, it just didn't work, unfortunately. But we gave it a try. Would you say, Danny, that Vinicius' uh, presence when he come on, came on changed things a little bit? I mean, I know he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, very, very sloppy touches here and there. But just just had something to sort of make defenders think a little bit more, wouldn't you say? Well, I think it was very good management in a way because I don't know what Vinicius' attitude is like. He looks like a, a really nice bloke and um, a good team player. But... He obviously scored the Chelsea goal when he got his opportunity and you know I'm sure he would have been expecting to start given that Mitrovic wasn't available. Uh, so maybe this you know was like a, a rocket up his ass. you know maybe it was like you know you aren't doing enough when you come on and, and let's be fair I, I, know, I know I know I criticize him a lot more than most uh, but he he has been anonymous in a lot of games it has been. In some respects, no difference to what Bobby Reed was offering in the past. And maybe by saying, no, you're not playing, Bobby Reed's going to play instead. You know, maybe that was a way for him to have a bit more motivation and determination when he came on. And when he did come on, he did change the game because there's no doubt about it that we had no focal points of the team. There was no, 
no way of relieving that pressure. You know, the Brighton attack, it was relentless, but it was almost our own doing because every time we, we cleared the ball, it was coming straight back at us. There was no one, you know, even not just necessarily lump the ball up to a big man. You know, Mitrovic offers himself coming deep and, and receiving the ball and, and then spraying it in behind for people running off of him. But you just, there was, no, there was nothing. Bobby Reid offered nothing. You might as well have not been there. I know that isn't his main position, but it clearly wasn't working. And when Vinicius, Vinicius came on, he at least offered us that. And his yeah. part in the goal, you know, fair play. It was, it was a fantastic bit of play. If, if that had been Mitrovic or Bobby Zamora or any other target man we've had in the past, we would have been saying what a brilliant, you know, part of the goal they had. So he played his part. He helped change the game. And, you know, Solomon, two and two, fantastic from him as well. At the end of the day, it can only be a good thing if all our players are playing well. So it's, good, it's a good sign to see that from Vinicius. But we need to see that more. more Because I, I still don't think he actually did that well in the Brighton game, but he gave us that one moment. And one moment in the 15, 20-minute cameo is, is better than nothing. So we just need that all the time. That's Would you say there are players, though, Danny, if I was going throwing straight back at you of this that uh, potentially could, could have had a bit more spotlight for their, uh, with our criticism instead of Vinicius like for instance I thought we t- I mentioned briefly Pereira but I mean Harry Wilson at the moment we're obviously going to come on to the the, the, better, the the glory in the minute of the goal and the good things that we saw but um, Harry Wilson is struggling still wouldn't you say I mean that was that wasn't a good game from him once again in my opinion I think Harry Wilson at the moment is a victim of a, of a team's success. You know, um, if you look at the team, the heroes of 96-97 that got us promoted to the old Division 2 and then our fire takes over and, and most of them were shipped out pretty much straight away. And, and if we are being honest, most of them weren't good enough to take us to the next level. You know, it was, it was incredible what they achieved. But if Fulham were to have the ambition they were going to have, they had to move those players on and, and get in the players they did. And it, and it worked. And I don't think anyone expected Fulham to be as high as they were. To, this season was all about you know, staying up. And had we been in the bottom three or fourth from bottom or whatever, um, you know, clinging on to draws and, and the odd win here and there, then... I think Harry Wilson and Dan James and people like that would have been fine, but they're not top half players, are they? You know, and that's no disrespect to them. I'm not even sure if Harry Wilson is a Premier League player. Full stop. And I think this summer he will probably be one of the ones we'll be looking to change. Um, but you know, I, I think for him, he, he did incredible for us. He was a fantastic player last year, one of our best. And I would hate to see his career decline because Fulham waste it. You know, if he's not going to be good enough for us, I hope he gets a move and and we go our way and he continues to go his. Um, What I would hate to see is him just deteriorate and and just not play at all. But if we're honest, he doesn't deserve to play in this team because he's not good enough to. So no surprise that he was ineffective again. Um, But, you know... I think we'll see more and more of that as as the years go by if we carry on being this successful. 
Quite right. Uh, Wigo, what are your thoughts on the game in terms of uh, players that were maybe slightly not having their best? I mean, we've mentioned Harry Wilson. Uh, anything you want to contribute to sort of Pereira? Nothing really was, couldn't really get a hold of much, could he? Yeah, it was just one of them, wasn't it? It, it just wasn't his day. And, you know, you can allow them because he's had so many brilliant days and fantastic games for us that, um, yeah, one one game is not is not the worst in the world. And ultimately... At the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, because the result went in our favour. But there was little things not coming off, like some passes and the touches. You know, it just it just all seemed like it was going to go the wrong way. Um, and ultimately, Silva made the right decision to take him off. Um, do we, you know, expect Pereira to have a downturn? No, of course not, because he's been fantastic all season. And he has really put the myth of pre-season Perlo well out the window. Um so, you know, he's been fantastic and arguably one of our biggest bargain signings ever. I think, what was it, £8 million? Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, obviously, as a running joke, that myself and Dom, we really were happy with that signing. Um, which is definitely the case and I will always back it because I did not slag him off when he signed. <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah, you were you were right on the money, mate. Um, speaking on the money, and you say you know bargain of the season, potentially Solomon might be that. I mean, this guy two goals in two games, as Danny said. Um, the impact sub that actually everyone was screaming for to come on, and just the pace. Obviously, we've mentioned the pass from Vinicius once again, Danny. I mean, this is a guy who can really finish. I mean, that was right in the bottom corner, and just a really. We just need him to sign that contract or whatever's going on. We haven't actually... We tried discussing this in the last pod, figuring out what the hell is going on, if he actually is going to stay with us. But he is a very exciting winger to have, and it's just now getting a bit of a question if he's an impact sub or a starter for us in the next few games. Well, it's a lovely dilemma to have. If you're um, if Marco Silva, you want those options, you want strength and depth. Uh, and it makes you wonder what we could have achieved had he not got that unfortunate injury... In that Liverpool game, in the first game back, you know, it, yeah, if we had had him all this time, who knows? Maybe we'd be top of the league. But um, look, I think we've had players in the past that were maybe a bit luxury, luxury players or players that, you know, they. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Arrogant or. or not not the kind of players you'd think would be popular if the the tide started to turn. Um, but you see the reaction of the players when he scores. You see his reaction, his attitude, even the way the way he um, talks in his um, post-match interviews. Um, he seems very very down to earth and very much a team player. And I think you know what his impact and and the talent he has. He's an absolute steal if we can sign him permanently. And I really, really hope we do because I don't think players like that, I don't think there's many players out there as talented as him that are have the you know the personality and the attitude to go with it. So he seems like a really, really good fit for Fulham. And when you look at the likes of Polina and Pereira, uh, Leno, even Diop, you know, I can't think of anyone else we've signed. They all fit the mould of Fulham for me. I think Marco Silva has, has really nailed it with the right personalities. Uh, and it's very much a team. You know, there's no one in the team that thinks they're above the team. And that's what I, I think I like most about 
this season so far. Willian, another one as well. Well, well, another, something you definitely said, you mentioned Leno there. Um, the man of the match was given to Leno. And just the, <laughs> the, the job he did in this game is actually something quite phenomenal. I mean, let me just quickly get this up. So, I mean, 63 touches, seven saves, six saves from inside the box, four long balls completed. Just a brilliant performance. And I saw you, Danny, mentioning that you think, well, you said in the group that he's better than Mark Schwarzer for you. I mean, that's uh, that's a tall order, but I think it's you're bang on the money there, surely. that's. Uh, I mean, he's been phenomenal for us. Absolutely phenomenal in that core, defensive core, going straight through the middle line of the I, Well, I mean, a question I put to all of you... Um, the other day uh, after that result was is this the best back five we've ever had in the Premier League um, and you know I, I told you to you know think about it before you get all excited and say Hangel and Hughes because everyone knows Hangel and Hughes <laughs> probably the greatest partnership yeah. in Fulham's history but around them you know Schwarzer was a, was a very good goalkeeper but I think he was the right fit for Fulham I don't think he would have been knocking on the door of a top six team and Koncheski was fantastic going forward, but probably was uh, the one you, you expected to have a, a lapse in concentration and make a mistake. And, you know, Pantsu and Chris Baird were, were pretty average, if we're honest. But we don't have that. You know, Kenny Tete is phenomenal. Anthony Robinson is arguably the best left-back we've had in the Premier League. I think Leno's better. And, and you know, and Tim Ream, I think, as an individual season, is, is performing higher than any defender I've ever seen. And I include Hangeland in that. Hangeland did it over a, a consistent period, you know, about four or five years. He was a top draw centre-back. But I don't think mm. I've ever seen a centre-back this good in a season as, as Tim Ream is doing. So I do, I do think as a collective, they are it is the mad, yeah. five. And they're helped out massively by having probably the best tackler in front of him in Polina. So as a unit, I mean, there's nothing like this team, I don't think. You know, Hodgson made his team very, very well drilled. But I think this team is special. I, I've, I have to say that you said in the group as well you just a, uh, it was a replay clip of uh, Reem falling down but then getting straight back up and making an amazing amazing um, interception and block um, it was, he just said fuck me he is so so good and um, he just he seems to be getting faster if anything Tim Reem I'm just really confused I and mean, I know it's ridiculous how we keep repeating ourselves and how good he is every week but I feel like this is such a special case that you just have to keep reminding yourself of how brilliant he's been uh, he's really been fantastic and you don't know if it's the manager that's turned him around or because that first time we went up in 2018 you know, it was a disaster all over the pitch but he was a part of it you know let's let's have it right um everyone contributed to it it was an absolute disaster so this year to be 35 or however old he is and to be one of the first names on the team sheet is just ridiculous he he reads the game so so well he's so comfortable on the ball his product is amazing like some of those crossfield balls last week against forest were just unbelievable unbelievable you you if he was 10 years younger i mean guardiola said if he was 10 years younger you'd be playing for city if he was 10 years younger you'd oh, be yeah. 50 or 60 million pounds for him i genuinely think we could be a worse team without him playing at the moment because he could have so easily sloped off after the World Cup, you know. He got he had his dream, he got to the World Cup with America. He could have easily just sloped off. But no, if anything, he's been better. And that is amazing to see. Amazing to see because 
you know, if anyone really come into this season and said they think Tim Ream will be one of the best players on the team, they're probably lying, aren't they? Um, everyone thought he was either gone or he was going to sit on the bench. Uh, but he's proved every single person wrong and I couldn't be happier for him. It seems that Issa Diop's proving uh, some people wrong as well. Not just us, though. I mean, actual West Ham fans. Uh, you got some lot, the tweets get more copious now. You have got sort of generally one of them irons, uh, some irons, zssss at irons on Twitter.com. It's like generally hilarious that Issa Diop is fighting for Champions League football whilst we are in a relegation battle, and that's been like 366 times. So that's is <laughs> quite funny. Uh, Daddy, did you have something to add on the Tim Reeves stuff there, mate? I just see you poking out there. Yeah, no, look. I think no, I don't think anyone expected Tim Ream to be as good as he has been this year. I think that's credit to Marco Silva, and and you could n- name several players that have improved a lot since he took over. And he certainly made Tim Ream a better defender. He, he was always a good footballer, but um, he reads the game so well now. And I suppose you you know when you're a a, a really fast player, somebody that depends on their speed to have an impact on the game you probably finish your career or decline a lot earlier than somebody who never relied on speed in the first place uh, and and Tim Ream falls into that category he's never been blessed with speed it, everything's you know up here in his head you know he reads the game well he plays really good football um, and I don't see why he can't continue this for another couple of years um, you look at um, Thiago Silva at Chelsea. He's 38. I know he's had a, a, a much, you know, more um, successful career than than Reem has at the higher level. But I don't see why Reem couldn't continue this. You know, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think we need to worry so much about. Oh, we need to replace him next year. How are we going to do that? You know, it's going to cost us a fortune. I I think we can go into next season with him playing the same role because. He's, and he's also not really had that many injuries in his career, so he's quite a durable player. You know, some players just seem to go on forever and ever. Look at James Milner. Um, so I don't see why why Tim Ream can't continue this next year as well. Phenomenal. Another person who's phenomenal. I mean, it's just it's the same old suspects as you say, Danny, with the the. Um, best back five we've had because it's it's the same people I'm mentioning but you've got you know Kenny Tete versus Matoma you know the, the diploma and dribbling that he has um, kept him quiet all game I thought wasn't Matoma's best uh, best game either but just I, I thought Tete dealt with him brilliantly you know and you know people around me were saying you're not getting past Kenny Tete you're just not doing it because not uh, statistically hardly any players have this season so kudos to him again uh, we go just uh, there's a reason I'm bringing this up and it's the referee um, went a bit Reservoir Dogs with his yellow cards at the end there. he was like he was shooting everyone down and he was a bit shit wasn't he there were times when he just gave a throw into Brighton when actually it was a throw into us that was really really annoying and that was when it was still nil-nil at that point it felt like they were going to score against us but anyway um, yeah just the reason I'm mentioning this is because Polina got a yellow card for probably one of the best tackles I've seen him do this season got the ball cleanly and now he's one yellow card away from missing two games uh, uh, the standard of standard of officiating in England is total shite isn't it 
I mean, let's be honest, we've had some shocking decisions go against us this season with VAR. City penalty springs to mind. Um, but that decision, the referee's looking at it. Look, you can clearly see he's got yeah. the ball. I can see where he got the ball from where I was stood. And I was much further away than the referee. I mean, atrocious, absolutely atrocious. I actually think Darren England was a referee for Man City away as well. Um, so, you know, hardly out of form for him. But how how can you possibly give a yellow card for that tackle? He's clearly, clearly got the ball. What what are you seeing? And how we ended up with five bookings, I've got flipping no idea. I really don't have a clue. So, you know, we've seen some blunders in the last couple of weeks, obviously from VAR, but something's got to change because every week there is a shocking decision from a referee. All right, this game, it is just a yellow card, but at the end of the day, that could cost us because one more yellow and he's banned for two games, Polina. You know, that's a massive thing for us if we lose mm-hmm. him for two games. So, you know, this needs to be sorted because that is, that is an atrocious decision. Really, really poor. Yeah, the the referee was definitely heavily influenced, I'd say, by the complaints and bitching from the uh, Brighton fans. Uh, Danny, uh, would you do anything tactical with Polina? I, I mean, I think it, I'd be loath to just let him miss a game so he can play against Brentford. I mean, Wolves is still a big game for us. There's no need to be tactical with this potential yellow card he might get. We saw it with Mitrovic and we said, please don't get a yellow card. He got one and missed the next game. This, In this case, it's two games. Just any ideas how you tackle that situation? Well, I mean, first of all, first of all, just to agree with Wigo, um, the officiating in in this country is is pathetic. Um, and I know Howard Webb's coming in; and he he was probably the best referee I can remember. So I'm sure he'll do his best to get it right. But I mean, w- there's so many flaws in so many rules uh, and 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 laws in 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 the game it, that. You think, why well, can everybody else see that this doesn't work? Or, you know, why can't you just apply common sense? Yeah, they're, they're just, the people at the very top, I don't understand how they come to these decisions. Um, and how can you be able to appeal a red card, but you can't appeal a yellow card? What, what if, listen, let's put it on a personal level, right? Let's okay. say you're, you're a player playing for Newcastle or Man United right now. And you got a yellow card like that uh, this weekend, like Polina got, which then makes you on the suspension, Taddy, and you can't play in the Carabao Cup final next week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Through no fault of your own, just because of the incompetence of a referee. That is absolute bollocks. You know, and, and again, it could affect a team or a club. You know, if it's your best player... And and then and you're fighting for survival, or you're fighting for the Premier League title, or Europe. It, it could cost you. Yeah. I, I I honestly I don't. I you know they they've brought out of this rule now. You saw Mario Lamina get sent off for being the third one to go over to a referee. Absolute ridiculous. That is um, ridiculous. And but but so you can't challenge them on the pitch, but then you can't rectify their incompetence afterwards either when you look back and you can see they've clearly made a mistake so either way the club is and the player is punished it's just it's a nonsense and i don't see how you can't apply common sense there you know fair enough he gets the book in all right it might have impacted how he 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 played the rest of the game we saw that in the chelsea home game i think it was or tottenham can't remember one of them but we got a book in early on 
and it and it, he had to you know slow down his tackles and it affected his how he normally applies himself in the match so it might have an impact on that result but at least they can go back afterwards and say okay it wasn't a booking we'll, we we um we can scrap that yeah and then at least he's back down to eight bookings instead of being one away from a suspension it's just i i i just don't get it mate i absolutely don't get it and i'm i'm attacking you like it's your fault maybe it is your fault maybe maybe you should do something about it but someone needs to all right mate um jesus um i i've, I've i don't know where to stay it's, I, don't, I don't know what to say um to be honest i um can someone school me of this one of you two like, it, it, can it actually be challenged I mean you've got Gary um, uh, sorry Gary Lineker at the start at the end of match of the day saying come on give Nick put Nick Pope back in in goal for the Carabao Cup and you know that's even more because he actually came out of his goal out of his goal lines and actually put his hand around the flipping ball I mean this this is actually a tackle that is completely uh perfect and, and and has the ball and well, I, I, I just don't yeah go on yeah no well I, th- I think with that situation the Pope one um, whilst it it was a red card and I could you know maybe if it had been the semi-final and he had done something that had an impact on that tournament you know like handballing it on the line um, and then the team missing a penalty you know you then say well we got through but you're not suspended for the final. You know, I can understand why people have a punishment for for being sent off in that tournament. But he was sent off in the Premier League. I think it's very, very harsh for that to have a knock-on effect in a, in a different tournament. You know, it should mm. be he should be suspended for three games in the Premier League, not not the cup. That's very very harsh. Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's really. I don't see the point of football if you're gonna take that attitude. So it's almost like yeah. having rules for the sake of having rules, you know. But the Polina one is... I don't know what to say, mate. <laughs> I think we should tell him to be a, a very good boy uh, and not do anything silly, not get too excited, try and get through the next three games and then take a tactical booking against Brentford and get that two-match suspension out of the way against Arsenal and Liverpool. You know, mm. games that... All right, you could say, well, we could capable of beating anyone, but I think, uh, realistically, I'd rather him be available for the Cup game. Uh, and I think the Wolves and, and the Brighton games are really key games for our season. 100%. So, so I would like that. But it wouldn't, I wouldn't be against resting him against Wolves so that he plays against Leeds. Because, you know, for me, in our position now, all right, we might finish fifth or sixth. How wonderful would that be? It'd be unbelievable. But realistically, Liverpool are on the charge now. Brighton aren't going to go away. I, I think we have got a really, really good opportunity in the Cup, given our position in the league. And we're not one of those teams that's playing in Europe. We're not one of those teams that's still only played 22 games. You know, we've played more games than everyone else. So we're not going to have that fixture congestion. I really do want us to go for it. I think we've got a very good chance. So whatever they do, I just hope that he, he fills his strongest 11 against Leeds. Yeah. And putting the cup to one side, we've got 38 points now. Uh, 
we're safe. And I feel comfortable saying that, and it's me. Um, of course we are. And I just want an honest idea where you think we'll finish this season if we continue on this trajectory. And, I mean, could this rank for you as our best season since 09-10? Oh, and I'll pass it on to Danny as well, but I'll start with you, Wigger, and then please discuss it amongst yourselves. What what I love is how you're convincing yourself that uh, we're definitely safe, but I know secretly, deep down, you're panicking because I know you really well. <laughs> you right. you no, definitely right. got a slight panic about you. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You know, 38 points is ridiculous at, the, at this time of the season. You know, I mean, no one expected it. Let's be honest, but you know, we'll bloody well take it. It has been a fantastic season. Um, you know, I think. It's a tough, it's a tough run, isn't it? We've got, we've played a couple of games more than teams below us. Um, I, I honestly think we'll probably finish about eighth or ninth, and that's not me being negative. That's me being realistic. Um, you know, teams below, games in hand. Uh, you know, we've got sort of we've got hard run coming up as well. You know, we've got still got to play Arsenal and City at home, and we have been good at home. United away on the last day. You know, there's a very definite chance that we could finish in Europe. But I personally think we'll finish in 8th or ninth, And if we do, that's fine. We just go again next season and we build and we really make a challenge for Europe. Which actually wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to finish outside of the European places this year. Um, but if we do get it, then, you know, what an achievement it would be. What a brilliant job Marco Silva would have done. And, uh, you know, I feel like that contract extension's coming soon. You know, it's got to be. If it's not before the end of the season, it's got to be in the summer. Um, because, you know, he he deserves it. You know, he should really bloody double or triple his pay. He's done that well. I wonder when his contract extension would be. I mean, we keep winning games. And I think this is the perfect chance to actually announce a, a new contract for him. I, I, I don't... I don't know if it. It's like the case of death, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's a good idea. William. It's when the it same is with William, idea. I think. If you're going to sign William up to another year, I feel like that's a little bit. You know, it, that's not me being negative. Well, I suppose I'm a bit of a pessimist in the fact that as soon as you sign a new contract, his performances will just take a downturn. Um, that's just. It's like the manager of the month curse, isn't it? I'm sure Silver got manager of the month last year, and then a few days later, we lost four one to Coventry. Um, so I've got I've got that fear. So uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose waiting until the summer wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, that was a fucking awful day. Yeah. It was. Danny, is there anything you'd like to wrap up, mate? Before we just move on to Wolves, any points there that you just like to jump on with? Well, I think that last question you you wanted both of our views on that, so I'll just answer that. Um, is this the best season or the best season season since two thousand nine ten? I think it has to be. Uh, you look at all the stats, and you know I'm not really one for stats, but you you can't hide away from the fact that pretty much in every department we're smashing it. Um, and the, the the cruel reality is that we could end up um, finishing way above the 53 points that got us in seventh place, our highest ever finish under Hodgson, mm. and qualify for Europe. We could end up finishing with higher points than that, and still finish. Ninth or tenth, you know, because the teams around us don't seem to be slowing down, um, and I think we're we've got to be almost certain to to get to about fifty three now. I mean, you know, that's only fifteen points away. Yeah. Uh, so the way things are going, you, you've got to say this is going to be a record breaking season for us. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my favourite ever team was two thousand and three oh four. I think when we had the likes of Van Sar, Goma. 
Um, Malbronk, Balmorte, Sahar. That was a phenomenal team. But that team also had... You know, I've, I've probably named the five or six players that made that team a really good team. And around that, it was pretty ordinary, mm. you know, in places. Whereas this team, it's, it's solid. You know, we've just said probably the best back five as a, as a, as a team we've ever had. And in front of that, you've got Polina, Willian, Mitrovic, you know, one of our greatest ever strikers, Pereira. There isn't really a weakness at the moment. I think you're nitpicking if you um, if you did point one out, and so yeah, well, I do think this is our best ever season if we continue the way we're going, and I think it's the best ever team we've had in the Premier League. It's so good, isn't it? I mean, now we've got to move on to Wolves now because this is on Friday night. I just realised that um, I can't make this one actually. We're going. I think you're going. Um, are you going to Wolves on Friday night, Danny? Yeah, I, I must admit, I was a bit jealous when you guys were talking about Brighton being best away game. Oh, yes. I remember, Sorry, going, there, remember going there when we beat, uh, when Darren Bent got all excited when he scored, and then we oh, yeah. turned that one around. That was a great day. Um, <laughs> but, no, I manage my son's football team now, so away games for me is really tough, because it pretty much takes up your whole day. I, I have managed to get to every home game, though. So, yeah, I'll be there on Friday. Nice one. Looking forward to it. Um yeah, looking forward to it. I think, you know, fancy us. Wolves are in good form at the minute, but... Um, well, you, know, you say that, Danny. Quite... Looking at the form table, actually, they're not in the best of form. They they were... I mean, they, they had a good little jump start when um, Lopetegui came in. But at the moment, we are, we've climbed up to seventh in the form table. And at the moment, Wicca, I think Wolves are at 16th. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this game, mate? Um I think the the key point to mention, it's in the Evening Stand and a few other news articles now, is that Mitrovic might still be out again. And they're saying it's a hammy injury. I think they've got their wires crossed and they're actually... It's, I think it's probably still that fucking ankle problem of his. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of asking you two questions in one there, but just generally your thoughts on Wolves and uh, the Mitrovic scenario, it's getting a bit... He's uh, having a very injury-prone season. I think, like you said, when Wolves got new, their new manager in, they did have a bounce, didn't they? And, you know, he's a, he's a class manager. He's had some really good jobs. So, you know, you don't get those jobs if you're a bad manager. Um, and sure. they've got some really good players. Me and Frenchie went to the Wolves game in August. And what I remember about that is it being a really hot day and that they had some really good chances. They did have Morgan Gibbs-White as well, but obviously he ended up leaving. Um but, you know, Neves is a good player. That Nunes looks a really good player. He played with Polina last year. So they've got, the, they've got the right players and they've got the manager there, but they just can't seem to pick up the results. I mean, they lost against Bournemouth, didn't they, on uh, on Saturday, yeah, which is... I know we got a draw against Bournemouth, but they're on a bit of a resurgence then. They've been pretty poor lately. So, you know, for Wolves, they, they are trying to stay up, and I think they will, uh, probably, but it's... It's it, that's a tough result to take and they're either going to bounce back and really want to win or they're going to be at a low and we've got to strike while the iron's hot so to speak and whether that is with or without Mitrovic and so be it you know we were without Mitrovic for Chelsea at home and we managed to pick up the win and if we're without and we were without Mitrovic on Saturday and we picked up a win if we're without Mitrovic on Friday I think we can still pick up a win we're not solely reliant on him you know he's not scored since the 3rd of Jan or 2nd of Jan whenever it was um, at Leicester. Yeah, Leicester so you know we we have got goals elsewhere we've got 12 different goal scorers for a reason 
there are goals elsewhere in this team. Um, so if he's out, it's a shame. Obviously, hope he gets better soon because we are a better team for having him in there. But it's not, it's not win or lose uh, as to whether he's in the team or not. Yeah, it's it's nice to be reminded by you actually there that we've seemed to have ironed out the uh, we don't win a game uh, when Mitrovic doesn't play, and uh, that's that's a really important thing to remember. Um, Danny, do you have any thoughts on Mitrovic at this time? Um, I'm worried, and I've been saying this for a while. I had a conversation with someone at the Amex about this that. Uh, I'm worried that there's an operation that Mitrovic needs on his foot and we just sort of keep listening to him or just keep trying to pull pull him pull him together through games with you know fucking super glue and just see if he can just keep on stay, staying alive this season but I'm I'm worried there's a problem there that just isn't really being attended to maybe I'm just panicking and doing my usual J-Mat thing but I I just I'm I'm worried that this is an injury proneness that we might see a lot more of if we don't actually address the actual issue maybe I don't know whatever your thoughts might be on that yeah well first of all before we get on to Mitrovic you know I said Wolves are in form and you said they're not right and I must have missed that Bournemouth game at the weekend that's a really poor result but before that they were down to 10 men for pretty much the whole game and they beat Southampton away 2-1 before the game before that they beat Liverpool 3-0 All right, they lost to away to Man City, but the game before that they beat West Ham at home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's three three wins out of their last five. I mean, for a team that's been tipped to go down, you know, that's not bad form, is it? So maybe not as in form as us, but I think they've they're slowly turning it around. I don't, I can't see them going down. I think it's going to be a harder game than it potentially would have been a couple of months ago. Anyway, <laughs> on to Mitrovic. <laughs> on to Mitrovic. I. It's a weird one, and it's why, maybe why I've been so critical of Vinicius in the past, because maybe it's like a, a nervousness, you know, like, like Wigo said, we know you very well, we know that you don't think Fulham are safe yet, and maybe there's, you know, something subconsciously in my mind that says, if Mitrovic is injured, we are knackered, because there's nothing else, and we really need something else. And, you know, I think Vinicius needs to, to do more. He needs to step up and be that man because he's all we've got now. And, and you know, Bobby Reid proved that, when he, that he's not really an option at, at this level as a striker. So I think it's a big issue. And, and I think it's a big gamble you take when you put all of your eggs in Mitro's basket. And we've done that for quite a long time now. And I think we've been very, very fortunate with how many games he's been able to play and there's no doubt in my mind that more than any other player he has probably had to play through injury Uh, probably more injuries than we've known about you know Um, and there's there's been games over the last three or four years where you think oh he's not on it today or or, he's he's not doing much you know come on Mitro run around a bit more being a bit lazy today And, and maybe it's Maybe it's these injuries, you know. Maybe and now they've just taken their toll. Is he's getting a bit older now, mm. and I think we need to be sensible about this. You know, we're in a really good position. Like I said, I want to take the cup seriously. If we was to somehow get to a semi-final or a final, you don't want to burn him out to the point where it, you know he's not able to feature. Like we want him to be ready for those. So if he's not right. I think we've just got to take the hit and try and get through it like we did yesterday. 
Um, and the, the good thing is we're in a position to do that. You know, some people might get upset and say, well, that's it, right off Champions League football now. You know, it's not going to happen. Well, if we end up finishing 8th or ninth, or the ninth or 10th instead of 7th or 8th, and Mitrovic is fully fit for next season, then I think that is a better scenario than go all out to finish, you know, 6th. And basically, you know, him needing a serious operation or something and him being out for months next season. Because then how do you replace him anyway? So I think we've got to be sensible about this. But I think we could beat Wolves without him. You know, if we can beat Brighton without him, we can beat Wolves. We just I think the crowd might just have to be a bit patient if he's not playing because we have to adapt and we have to play a different way. We can't... I don't think we can be on the front foot so much. Maybe we're going to have to invite Wolves onto us and, yeah. and, and kind of like a bit. Uh, but Silver will find a way. There's no doubt about that. You know, I'm fully behind whatever he does. I um, I have to say, so... Um... Visage had made a point actually about Mitrovic saying that he kind of predicted this, which is quite unbearably uh, know it all of him because he's he's like that. He's he always gets things right. Annoyingly, he's brilliant, and um, he did say that he predicted Mitrovic would have a, a maybe a, a slight a slight wearing down affair after the World Cup because he's just been played so much um, international games to boot, you know. So I, I can see the I can see why this has happened, but it's I think you're right. We should maybe give him a rest because the cup is very important. I also got to say, Danny, while you were talking, um, you know that sort of meme of SpongeBob SquarePants where the both of them are just running around a room panicking. Um, yeah, my my form table thing, everyone, that that was complete bullshit. Um, it's uh, the last six games that that wasn't right at all. So you were very right to correct me on that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Wol- Wolves are definitely not. Um, where I said they were in the form table, they're actually they're actually a lot higher from the last six games played. I'll just correct myself. Wolverhampton Wanderers are eighth in the form table, and Fulham are seventh, and that's in the last six games. So uh, yeah, <laughs> listen, listen, we mate, all make mistakes. You, you do, you all, we all make mistakes. You've done an outstanding job. Like I said, beautiful intro. Thanks, you, mate. You've, yeah, you've held the pod together beautifully. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just here for your entertainment, mate. But I make that smash and grab 2-0 to me now. Yeah, fair enough. You know, we had one at Brighton, and that's another one for me. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, Wigo, have you got any final thoughts you'd like to say about the Wolves game, mate? Or just your general thoughts of like the, the cup competition coming out and any any other business? Um, I'm looking forward to it on Friday. I'll do like a game under the lights at the cottage, and then obviously Leeds as well. Um, you know, record-breaking sales for the tickets for the club. Um, yeah, that looks bad. Like, it still hasn't sold out, doesn't it? I mean, it's just it's so many green dots. It's not going to sell out. Like, it's forty quid. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's up ten pounds from the last round, and some will say it's fair, and some will say it's not. I'm leaning more towards not. Um, I say that I've bought myself a bloody ticket. I've caved into the to the uh, demands of the club because I want to do as many games as I can this season. I'm trying to do every league game, which I'm now failing at because they moved Brentford to the Monday. Um, oh yeah, so, you're away, aren't you? Yeah, so this is making up for it. Um, okay, sort of. But yeah, I'm doing 37 out of 38 league games this season, which is gutting, really. So uh, I'd like to thank Sky Sports for that one. Uh, yeah, cheers, Sky. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the ticket prices, Danny. I mean, we we don't want to be too boring about this and talk about it to death. But I mean, you you haven't been on recently, and your your general vibes are just you know it's a bit of a it's, it's a bit of a fuck up, isn't it? I can't be bothered to 
to to moan about it because they they don't listen. Um, uh, and I think maybe this is the only way they will listen if if it is empty and they don't sell tickets. You know, sure. selling them for slightly cheaper is, and, and getting a full house is better than not selling any at all. So maybe this is the only way we can um, make them listen and pay attention. Unfortunately, I won't be going. Um, and I think that, you know, there are some people out there who will say, oh, well, you know, we've got such a, a good chance in the cup. And I, and I have been, a, you know, passionate about that all season. You know, there's been podcasts earlier in the season that I've been on. And I have, you know, before the whole game where I was like, played strongest 11 against Hull and, and a weaker team in the league. We need to go for the cup this year. This is a really good opportunity. So I I am very upset and, and that, that it's turned out this way. And I really hope it doesn't impact on the team and that they can just do a professional job and get through this. Because, this, you know, there's no doubt about it, having a full house would have helped them. Um, but, you know, I've I've got four children. The mortgage, you know, I, I mean, I don't expect anyone to get the violin out. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable, but I can't justify going and paying that if I don't think it's a fair price. And especially now that two of my kids are really into going. And some people will say, yeah, but it's a school night. Well, you know, I turn a blind eye to that. They like going for them. They love it. To me, that's great parenting. You know, they can sleep in the car on the way home. You know, they're 10 and 8. It's not like they're they're in nursery, but if I can't take them, then I don't really want to go because you know it's part of their life now as well. It's a family thing we do, and you know maybe if my ticket had been thirty, and theirs had been you know a kids for a fiver or something, then it would have been forty quid for the three of us or fifty quid for the three of us. But you know the, it was it was seventy I worked out. If I if I pay online, it was seventy quid for the three of us, and that's just taking the piss, in my opinion. Sure. For an adult and two kids to go to a an an, an evening FA Cup game in the fifth round when it's on TV, um, so I, I feel like it's not my problem that I'm not going. It's something that's been forced, you know. Just not going to do it, and it looks like most people are in the same boat. So. What can you do? What can you do? I um I'll be watching it on TV just just because it's easier. Um I think that ten pound difference actually is huge. Um thirty pound would just about get me by, but forty is just it's just too much, uh, especially when it's on TV, especially when it's in the week. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm I'm trying to go. I can't afford to keep going to them, so it's just I, I have to I think, be careful. I think I think we've also there's a danger like that if they're going to do that now. And and they have done it in the past. Fair play, uh, you know. And they do do some things right. Like they um, of course, yeah. didn't put up didn't put up season ticket prices, you know, um, going into this season. Don't hold your breath, but, Danny. But that's bound to change. Yeah, yeah don't the, hold the, your breath. They see, they're well, going up. They're going up. They definitely will. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. In the past, they've they've held them, but there's no doubt about it that success will mean more expensive and taking more liberties. And treating us even more like customers rather than fans. So, you know, everyone's excited that we might get into Europe. Well, how much do you think them games in Europe are going to cost? They're going to, they're just going to rip the arse out of it. So, in a way, maybe this is a blessing in disguise that, um, that you know, the fans are, are choosing not to go. Because I don't see how else they pay any attention to it. Because if you don't go, someone else will. 
And, and I think that's kind of the attitude the bigger clubs have because you are just a number. So it's all well and good, you know, uh, selling them to tourists. But yeah. eventually the, the club will just deteriorate into into a Reading. Mm. That, you know, where you go there and you think, oh God, you know, no rivals, no one cares. This is shit. And, and that's what we'll become. And, you know... Something's got to be done, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, we still beat Leeds, and you know, it doesn't impact on the team. And I and I really hope Marco Silva gets it. You know, I, I think it's very easy for professional footballers and managers not to be in the real world. You know, because they they don't have the same problems that we have with this cost of living crisis. But I really hope that common sense prevails, and they recognise that this this isn't our fault. You know, it's not that we're choosing to be ungrateful and we're not back in the team. You know, it's almost like we're being forced not to go. You know, our hands being forced. And, you know, if you can afford to go and you get behind the team, great. Really proud you. Really proud you can go. But, unfortunately, I'm not in that position. So, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And I hope Marco Silva gets that. Yeah, mate, absolutely hear what you're saying. But nonetheless, we should always remember this has been a fantastic season thus far and it can only get better with a win on Friday. And with that, I will go to you, Wigo. What do you think the score prediction... Well, what's your score prediction? I'm going to go with 2-0 because we've been on a bit of a run with the old clean sheets lately, uh, which has been really positive. So I'm going to go 2-0 and then Willian and Solomon. So the same as Forrest, actually, which would be nice. Cool. And uh, just final question. This uh, this comes out on Pancake Day. Uh, this pod. I uh, just like to know what what's your uh, what's your filling of choice. That's a very good question. I'm on yeah, a bit of a diet. Point. I'm on a bit of a diet at the moment, though. So uh, right. I'll probably have a pancake. I'll just whack some banana on there rather than the usual ice cream. <laughs> just trying not to be just, a fat bastard anymore. Just, just um, whack some banana. On it's not going. It's not going very well after Saturday. Obviously, all that beer. Um, but you know. It's, good it's, Harvey's man I like the the, the the Harvey's I didn't know they would provide Harvey's there. it's a good brewery from oh, Lewis yeah. that really Lovely, enjoyed it? their ale yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, was, it was good um, 4 95 nice. for a beer I know it's Foster's but it was good what an, another great tangent yeah. that we've gone off to now um, but yeah absolutely sorry yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah sorry. banana there you go Danny what would you what banana Danny score prediction and pancake mate go uh, Nutella I think in the middle yeah and then roll it up yeah Lovely. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually on a diet as well, so I won't be having any. So thank you for reminding me of that. I'm sure my kids will rub it in when they're eating. Fuck's sake. My portion as well. Um, anyway, yeah. I think it's going to be a, a flipping brilliant result. Is that, is that a good... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. I like uh, that. Pretty bad, <laughs> but you know, it's been one of those pods. Uh, so I will say three, one. To Fulham, uh, but it's going to be a nice, nice, easy ride, and the Wolves goal will be like a little shitty consolation prize. Thanks for coming. All right, I'm going to go three nil. I'll balance it out three nil to us, and I'm predicting a Vinicius goal somewhere in there. Um, just why the hell not? And I'm going to go lemon and sugar. That's me. Yeah, I like I like tradition, mate. I'm a lemon and sugar man. 
Yeah. Did I have we didn't ask you what you wanted? Like we didn't Yeah, well I had to put it in, didn't I? So I mean just, yeah. if someone's gonna ask me, I'll just have to tell you. There you go. Lemon and sugar. Lemon and sugar. Anyway, thank you very much to my cars. Thank you very much, Daddy. Good to hear your voice, mate, and yours as well. We're going yours truly. And we will be back. We'll be back with a reaction to the Wolves game and all the week's topics. And yeah, happy show of Tuesday. <laughs>